Welcome to another episode of TS Talks, the podcast that reminds you of the uni friends you never wanted. Today we're joined by Doc, Michael and myself, Olivia. So guys, how's ISO going? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going alright. Hopefully we're almost at the end of it. It's looking like the cases are dropping down in Melbourne, so fingers crossed one more week and then we'll be able to go out and see our friends. Absolutely, it is very exciting. Um, my brain is turning into mush as we speak, as I've been locked in this room for the last six months, I think. Is that the correct amount of time? I think it, yeah, I think so. Six or seven? seven. I think this is the seventh month. Social skills weren't great to start off with, but they've definitely gone down the drain since we've been in lockdown. So, we're going to have some awkward conversations when we finally go out, ordering food. Hi, what can I <laughs> what can I take for your order? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Waiter passes me the food. Enjoy your meal. Me. You too. <laughs> like, I'm used to the lag in conversation, so I always wait a little bit before I say something or before, like, someone else uh, says true. something. Yeah, so at work, I'll speak like that to people face to face. And they'll just look at me like, oh, are you done with your sentence? <laughs> Why are you talking like that? But then I'll be in a call and I'll still talk over people. Uh, yeah, definitely. So what's been keeping everyone busy in lockdown? Michael, what have, you, what have your hobbies been? Oh, so throughout this past few months, I've been keeping myself busy with some, let's say, home artisanal hobbies. Um, I've tried my hands at some cooking, some new recipes, baking some bread. But I feel like my most successful um, little project was my homebrew operation, which I'm quite proud of. Um, I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, I've, I've discovered that homebrewing is probably the most economical way of uh, producing your own alcohol and consumption. There, there is the fact that it, it is quite cheap, but I think there's also quite a bit of art to it, which I really enjoyed. Um, what I really enjoyed was com- combining different kind of malts with different starters, say like a pale ale, IPA, and then mixing it with some unorthodox yeast that I can buy from a brew shop, like a just like a wine yeast that somehow we're able to brew beer up to about 14% alcohol. It tastes like garbage, but (laughs) it it definitely was up there with the alcohol percentage. How strong is it? I think it was 14%, um, if if my hydrometer was correct. That's intense. Is that borderline liquor? I I think so, yeah. Can you make vodka? I need a steel, though. So how many many steps away are you from, like, making moonshine? Um, It depends how many laws I'm willing to break. Um, to be honest, <laughs> it, it, it is a government regulation that if you are going to distilling, you will have to have a, a license and you also have to pay extra tax. So at the moment, homebrew is completely free for your own consumption. Um, yeah. That sounds pretty reasonable. I think I, think I can appreciate that law. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, other than creating ungodly... Um, <laughs> liquor creations. Um, I have been following some basic recipes, which is uh, creating an, a pale ale. Um, but yeah, I was, I was quite happy with how it turned out, um, with the extra hop that I added into it. My only downside was that I was brewing it, a very summer beer, in the middle of winter. 
It definitely fell a very off season, if you can say that. <laughs> like it tasted off? or um, The whole feeling's off. It's like you're at a beach, but there's a tsunami coming. But as a non-beer drinker, would I <laughs> know the difference? Um, yes. I think you would know the difference. It tastes more like my laundry. Um, <laughs> clean? Clean laundry? Uh, uh, it's a good way to describe it. I hope you don't have yeasty laundry. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh no. Uh, so <laughs> t- tell us more about like the intricacies, I guess, of like the flavor profiles and stuff. So like you mentioned like your your different yeasts, your your different hops and stuff. Like what's involved in like embodying it? Of course not trying to uh create more of a yeasty beer, because that would want to be very well. Um just to clarify the reason why I said it tastes like laundry is because I and uh, put the fermentation with laundry, which all the uh, washing machines and drying machines tend to heat up the room a bit, which will accelerate fermentation. So let's right. just uh, put that as a disclaimer, so we're not actually brewing yeasty beers with my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of flavor profiles, um, yeah, no, they're quite generic. Um, if you're looking at drier, drier beers with um, pale ales and things like that, and you can also adjust the aromas with the um, post um, fermentation hops you can add into it. Um, so there's hops that will introduce some citrus flavors. Um, of course, there's some pretty crazy ones like the Galaxy Hop, which has notes of passion fruit. I don't know how they fit passion fruits into hops, um, but somehow <laughs> they've done it. <laughs> Is that like how some wines taste like chocolate? That's exactly right. That reminds me of the experience I had with doing tequila training, where a guy just uh, <laughs> asked me, hmm, Wait, no, I think it's wine training. It's like, hey, what does wine remind you of? And um, I said grapes. So I think <laughs> I wasn't wrong. But I was also quite proud of my taste buds. Reminds me of sparkling grape juice. Mm. But yeah, no, um, it really does teach you a little bit about how fermentation works, um, as well as how important temperature control is to the whole production of the system. Um, but then, then again, it also gives you like an appreciation for Companies like Carlton or Victoria Bitters, how they're able to produce consistent um, product with fermentation. So, yeah. After hearing all this, all I can think about is that, yeah, science move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one's died from my beer yet. Yet. Can you die from beer? I mean, like, alcohol poisoning? I mean, outside of the, you know, um, alcohol poisoning, um, unless there's a really bad an infection in the beer, then I don't think you will. Then again, if there's an infection in the beer, I think you might be able to taste it. Yeah, because I think that's like the whole thing about like alcohol. Like remember, well, not remember the 1800s, but... (laughs) Yes, actually, that was my childhood. Yeah. (laughs) You know when you just outlander back to the 1800s? Anyway, um, yeah, I think like when you couldn't really trust like water... Um, or your water sources or like still water and that sort of stuff. Like you could sort of trust your alcohol as, as a source of um, hydration because the alcohol would keep things sterile. Oh, yeah. It was pretty crazy. I remember um, reading an article about, um, I think it was in London during the 1800s where the London River was extremely contaminated and fresh water was pretty much really hard to get. So what they did was um, 
make small ale, as they would say, which is a very low alcohol percentage beer, and they will feed that to babies and everyone else. So, wow. So yeah, you basically had a whole generation of alcoholics. <laughs> Not by choice, though. Not by choice. <laughs> Those are the people that came over in the first fleet, right? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. So, what have you been keeping busy with, Liv? Oh, I was just about to say that um, one hobby that I see everyone doing is bread making. Yes. Shout out to Breadit on Reddit. <laughs> I feel like everyone and their mum has a sourdough starter now. I don't know how <laughs> I feel. Because sourdough is the worst bread. Oh. Wait, wait, no, come on, sourdough really? Sourdough is the worst bread. I enjoy me. sourdough. Why? Oh, Why? Like, it, tastes like, it tastes like bread made with real bread. That it's just got that in. nice glutinous, like, you know? It's got that bit of yeasty uh, smell to it, though. No. Two reasons why you don't eat sourdough. One, it tastes sour. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> It's not very good. And second, it like it cuts up your mouth when you toast it. True, it is it is it is pretty crunchy. Mm. But I can appreciate the crunch. Like it's good it's good for some things. It's a bit too crunchy for me. It's a bougie bread though, so But it's so expensive and it's not even worth the money. And when you make it it takes like three days, doesn't it? It's a bit of a time Oh yeah, it does. From all the stories that I've seen of people making sourdough and not actually making it myself, that is my opinion. <laughs> but think about it. Like, if you make it started now, that could be like your heirloom. Like, you pass that on to your children, they pass it on to oh their children, God. and then it's like the COVID starter. You can, <laughs> oh, you can name your yeast colonies. You can name this one Greg, this one George. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what happened in the office? Dwight had <laughs> Dwight had the heirloom sourdough starter, and one of the other people like just destroyed it. <laughs> it's been in oh his family for generations. How do I not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, are you even a true stan? I guess not. Because I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think there is a pretty big trend along people um, attempting to create artisanal products in their own yeah. homes, mm. even sort of just generally like doing stuff at home like everyone's got time at home they've picked up hobbies um everyone sort of thinks they're a diy master fixing stuff around the house maybe working on that old project car that you've had for five years sitting in the shed rusting with no body panels personal experience (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a gaping black hole inside your wallet (laughs) it does it does um i certainly don't have that exact problem i wish i did um, but I've got a problem with a more modern car, which is leaking at the moment. So <laughs> the other weekend I had to spend five hours vacuuming around 10 litres of water out of the sound deadening. Oh my God. Yeah. Shout out to Volkswagen Auto Group products. I'm sorry, but did you uh, want yeah, a sponsorship or not? <laughs> I mean, sponsor us. Your cars are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 both of us can confirm yeah. that. But that sort of brings me yeah. to, I guess, looking for, for cars in the marketplace. Um, cars, bikes, whatever, Facebook marketplace, Gumtree. I've just got search alerts out for like lots of different things that I'm pretty interested in. But it's been interesting to see the whole market as a whole. I know for motorbikes, like 
everything's gotten more expensive. There seems to be a lot of demand during lockdown for some some project sort of based stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. You can buy anything online, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, for sure. I know I've been looking at um, cars a lot. Um, I can definitely tell you that there are some fantastic deals out there that I, I think um, are great. But also my wallet is telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> just, just, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I remember yesterday we were having a conversation, Michael, and you showed me a $2,000 Fiat 500, was it? Oh, yes. Was it, was oh, it a 2020 model that looked like it was made in 1950? I think, I think it was made pre-World <laughs> War II. And they said, oh, it only has a little bit of rust. It's all right. But I'm sorry, like... As soon as you hear rust on an old Fiat, that is just don't touch that with a two-kilometer stick. That, that that just screams, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's a, it's a rust bucket. <laughs> you gotta spend at least like five times the actual like vehicle value to fix it up. But given that it has rust holes in the floor, you're never going to get into the situation ah. where you have to vacuum water out of the car. It also points to the fact that the light the car is, the fast the car is. Speed holes. Speed holes. Speed holes. So if you're driving on the road and you have rust falling off, your car's <laughs> getting faster. <laughs> I think that's how it works. But where's the light? Yeah. Liv, have you been doing any online shopping? Any online browsing? Anything that, that has caught your eye? Oh, the amount of money I've spent online... I follow this, I, bit of context, I miss op shops. I miss op shopping so much. So I follow all these accounts that do op- auctions every day for secondhand items yeah. that aren't very good quality, but you will see me bet for every single item about like $2.50, $20. I got a dress for $50. Nice. From Cotton On. Uh, nice. Is that a good price? No, nice. it's not a good price. Uh, <laughs> is it kind of like $20 clothing items? Yeah, it was like a... Well, maybe it wasn't cut it on, but the brand was cheap, and I yeah. spent $50 on a second-hand dress. That's yeah. uh, stonks. Um, not yeah. smart, but I did it. it sounds like an appreciating asset. Buy yeah. high, sell low. <laughs> That's good. Like, at least you're buying, like, second-hand stuff, you know, like, not adding to waste... Yeah, I guess. If you want a way to justify it. Pardon? (laughs) If you want a way to justify it in your head. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's all I need. I've picked up sewing this year. So I've started altering some of my clothes and making old shirts into new shirts. Oh, that's cool. I've got a lot of clothes that I don't fit in anymore since since COVID lockdown. If if you want to help out with altering those, (laughs) I mean, like I'll try. (laughs) Usually, you can only alter in though, yeah. I mean, like you can add fabric. Patches. It won't look as good. You see, what we do is um, instead of adding fabrics, we just cut open and lock wire it. (laughs) Yeah, but speaking of those auctions. one thing that I sort of missed out on is just like browsing houses on the street and stuff, like going and looking at cool houses. But there's been some cool stuff popping up online um, that I've been looking at. There was one house that I had my eye on, really realistic purchase that I could probably definitely make within the next week. It was a mansion with a 10-car garage. 
tennis court, swimming pool, cinema, the works. So definitely thinking of putting my 0.01% deposit on that, getting my first homeowner's grant as well. Wow. But thank you. Thanks, Congratulations. Guys. On budget as well. So how do you feel about living off uh, me growing um, noodles for the rest <laughs> of your life? Sounds like a dream, to be honest. <laughs> Will the house be furnished? Look. <laughs> or will it just be empty rooms? Look, I didn't really think that far ahead, but but um, I'm, I'm sure I could find stuff on the streets. Actually, a habit I've picked up is looking at mansions on realestate.com. Nice. Just going through the floor plan and going through all the rooms and seeing all the photos and just wishing I had a better house. <laughs> Do you always find, like you justify why you wouldn't buy them. Like, not that you're in a position that you could buy one, <laughs> but you're like, oh, if I had $5 million, I wouldn't buy that because they put the pantry in the wrong place. Pfft, stupid. Oh, no, yeah. The master bedroom's too small. <laughs> but the walk-in wardrobe and ensuite is perfect. Yeah. Man, all I want is just, just bed, bro. Just, I just want a bed. I just want a bed. <laughs> My expectations, my expectations were low, but damn, <laughs> I just want a bed. Uh, yeah, that was a great meme about that <laughs> related to a bed. Um, in like the first panel of the meme, it was like a kid sleeping in a car bed. And the caption was, oh, when I grow up, I want to sleep in a real car. And then when he grows oh up, my in the next God. Panel, <laughs> sleeping in a real car, just crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, god. That's very much going to be a rela- reality for me though, I reckon. Given this economy. Also, you've been home for pretty long, haven't you? Uh, how, how are your family coping with it? <laughs> you know, I don't really care about <laughs> you, but like, how are your family coping <laughs> that, with that you? That's the question, question we're asking here. Um, they have put up with me <laughs> for a very long time. Um, no, nah, it's been okay to be honest. I get along with my family pretty well. Um, and I guess we're lucky enough or I'm lucky enough to sort of have my own secluded room that's in like the corner of the house. So I kind of just spend most of my time there, uh, which is good. But yeah, like it's definitely going to be good to be able to get out and see some other people that you haven't been spending seven months straight with. How about you two? Oh, yeah. So I've been, I've been pretty lucky as well. Um, my current living arrangement is a converted living room. Um so, quite spacious, a lot of space for my stuff, uh, the junk I pick up off side of the road, like some brand new fishing rods someone just threw out, which I'm keen that to use awesome. after the lockdown. Ooh, we love a little bit of hard rubbish. Oh, hell yeah. Like one say, you know, another man's trash is one man's treasure, and it seems everyone here is throwing <laughs> out treasures for me. Actually, there was an apartment building near my house that threw out, they were throwing out TVs, working TVs. Oh, yeah. Like flat screens? Like... Like flat screen TVs, because I did upgrades, and then it rained, and, and they didn't rained. work. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I think you just need a big enough container to fill it with rice. Tempting, but I think the moment's gone. The moment is gone. The moment's too late. But yeah, no, I've, I've been pretty lucky. Um, got a lot of space, so you know, to move around, things like that. And generally get along pretty well with my roommates, yeah. so well, I'd be pretty lucky. I can appreciate that for sure. How about you, Liv? 
Yeah, I feel like this year everyone's relationship with their home and their spaces at home has changed a lot. Yeah. There's like not that really defined line between I'm at home relaxing and I am working. And I found that a really big struggle this year. Yeah, for sure. Being able to sort of lock in your routines. I know (laughs) I was speaking to one of my best friends the other day and he's having a bit of a bit of trouble at his rental that he shares with a housemate because their routines are like just so far off each other's. His is like a very much early morning, early bird routine. Like he wakes up at five or six and then like has a sort of productive morning and tries to carry that momentum throughout the day. Whereas his roommate wakes up like around 12, um, works and then finishes at like nine o'clock at night, comes home and then, yeah, just like unwinds, play get, plays games. He's a, he's, he's a grown man and he plays Fortnite and he gets like <laughs> really animated about it and yells and rage quits. And I think they're on a fine line of sort of clashing. Like I guess before when you're not at home all the time so much, um, you kind of get to like keep your distance. And then when you come back together, it's like, oh yeah, you catch up. You can sort of keep that relationship going. But but um, yeah, when Absolutely, you're spending yeah. all that time together, you don't have that time away from each other. I think it gets challenging. Mm. I can definitely tell that, yeah. I mean, before lockdown, the kind of like, you know, I mean, I would say our living schedule is more like spend most of your day at the workshop yep. and come home just to eat and sleep and then rinse and repeat. Yeah. Now I'm spending my own time at home, so you know it's it's a definitely a new pattern to get yourself into. Yeah, for sure. It's it's yeah, it's a tough one because yeah, like you were saying, Michael, um, a lot of our team members sort of have their lives revolve around being on the team, um, which means getting into the workshop throughout the day, like going off to classes, coming back to the workshop, being around the team. And it's a huge motivator because like we've got a pretty good culture going, everyone gets along well and you're you're all like in this project physically together where you get to interact socially and then work together as well and sort of push each other along. But it's really hard Absolutely, to get that yeah. that online. Like as much as we can with we've sort of like transitioned to online platforms like Teams and stuff, but yeah, like you're at home alone at the end of the day and you really, really have yourself to be accountable to and it's <laughs> it's hard That's to exactly get right. I can definitely agree with you on that one. And, um, you know, what I definitely miss is the energy you get from being in the workshop among your teammates because, um, you know, even though there are times that might be unproductive but you all know you've been unproductive so you will kick yourself in the neck and just go, hey, let's be productive for the next two seconds. Yeah. You just quickly roll around to 7-Eleven, smash down like 10 coffees and come back. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, do you guys have any, do you have any tips and tricks for like what you've been doing to keep motivated or with routine and stuff? I must have had this conversation with every one of my tutors this semester and they've always said that there's two people coming out of lockdown, people who are really productive and can work at home. And people who have just lost all sense of time. And I feel like the second one is me. (laughs) (laughs) Why? what day is it? (laughs) It's May, isn't it? I wish. (laughs) I wish. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely struggled a lot with that transition. Like, I think at the start it wasn't too bad because I sort of kept some of the momentum going from, like, just being normal. Mm. And, like, back in our first lockdown, we were sort of hopeful. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just smash out this lockdown, stamp out coronavirus spreading, and then we'll sort of be able to go back to something that's reasonably normal. But, um, yeah, unfortunately that didn't happen for our, for our area. And we've been in lockdown for quite a while. So around, I think around the June period is when I started really noticing that things were rubbish. Like I had a period of time where I was sort of waking up and like going for walks and I'd have a bit of a routine. But then I don't know, maybe it was like after exams had finished, I just lost all motivation. And then I was like going to bed at like one or two and waking up at like 11 or 12. It was a bit of a struggle. Um, and then <laughs> I had a bit of a crazy idea to sort of kickstart, like going back into a more normal routine to be a bit more productive. And this wasn't just me being crazy. Like in the first lockdown, I noticed like this sweet deal on this awesome sleeping bag. It was like this two layer sleeping bag that you could have like a winter layer and go down to zero degrees and a summer layer where you can like sleep in summer temperatures and I was like oh yeah I'll get that because I'm definitely going to go camping in winter unfortunately that didn't happen so by the time I got my sleeping bag we were still in lockdown so why would you go camping in winter that's the best time to go camping because then you get like the campfire you get to huddle around that you wake up you've got like the chill air air? it's just beautiful it's cold yeah everything's frosted over in winter Oh, that sounds so bad. I love winter. I hate winter so much. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I guess I was too comfortable, I guess too loungy in home. So I decided to <laughs> set up my swag in the backyard and give this give this sleeping bag a whirl. Um, and I was hoping it would sort of kickstart my routine again and I'd be able to wake up with the sun a bit. So I gave it a crack for four nights. Um, and it was a therapeutic experience, I guess. Um, like I didn't take my phone in with me, so I guess I wasn't on my phone before bed, which is a good thing I've heard. Um, and yeah, I was waking up with the sun and sort of kickstart me into routine again and it got me going. But apart from that, it's, it's still been a bit of a struggle and I've been reading up a little bit on it. There's this cool book that I found that's called... Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. I think he's like some leading researcher at University of Berkeley. But um, yeah, I've been reading about a few things like under trying to understand like how sleep affects you and how you can sort of control it and how it contributes to, to your routine and stuff. And there's like this thing called the circadian rhythm, which is like your internal body clock. And to some extent, you can sort of adjust that a little bit. Um, but yeah, as like your routine sort of flows into a pattern, um, if, if that routine's pretty late at night, then your body clock's gonna, gonna make you sort of productive at that hour, but you can adjust it as well, which is what I've been trying to do. And they say to adjust it, you've just got to commit to a waking up time. (laughs) So like, yeah, it's tough. I have six alarms to get me waking up in the morning. So, six alarms. Six alarms, yeah. Damn. Five minutes apart each. Actually, since our daylight savings started the weekend before recording this, 
I used to wake up at seven o'clock every day, no dramas. And now my alarm goes off on what used to be six thirty. Yeah. And you know when you wake up that little bit too early and it's just ruined your whole yeah. day? That's been me every day since <laughs> daylight savings. <laughs> Yeah, so it's really funny because um, reading up on that and the reason you have to like set the consistent wake-up time is because like of your sort of circadian rhythm um, and your sleeping cycles, apparently you only have like productive sleeping blocks of like 90 minutes. Ooh. So if you like wake up at a consistent time, then your body will sort of like wake up at that time and what your body does is it like brings out... Um, hormones and like endorphin and I think a bit of adrenaline to sort of get you like awake and ready Um, so if you're like off that cycle and you wake up a little bit too early then you're like in the middle of a sleep cycle so you're all groggy and that sort of stuff and then on the opposite side of that is if you snooze which is apparently one of the worst things you could do when you snooze you like you're about to start another sleep cycle. So your body releases like the opposite hormones that sort of like put you to sleep, like calm you down, give you heart rate and that stuff. And then when you go into that snooze, like you're only probably snoozing for what, like half an hour, 45 minutes. So then when you wake up, your body is like trying to put you into that sleep state, but then you need to get up. So you're in this like horrible position where you're just not <laughs> productive at all. I used to follow a sleep clock. Yeah, where they... Yeah. You'd say what time you're going to sleep or what time you want to wake up and it'll tell you what times to go to sleep. So it was, yeah, so if you oh, want to wake awesome. up at 6, I'll say, oh, you got to go to sleep at 8, 12, 2 or 4. And then you can yeah. wake up at 6 and be like refreshed. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. But the only thing with that, it, it assumes that you're going to go to sleep like on the dot at that time. Oh, true. That's the worst. Yeah. As a sleep, as a swimming coach, not a sleeping coach. <laughs> That'd be a cool job. Is that a thing? Can you be a sleeping coach? Or do you need to be a scientist? Probably. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you, all your job is to ensure that their eyes are closed. It's like, hold your eyelids open with your hands. <laughs> Go to sleep. Just make sure they're breathing as well. Get to sleep. <laughs> Knock them <Get> out. <laughs> But as a swimming coach, um, uh, I should be used to mornings, but it's still it's still a cha- challenge every time. Um, but the worst thing is when like you're stuck, either like even doing something productive, like you're studying or something late, and then you get to bed and you're like looking at your clock and you're like, oh no, I'm only going to get like four hours sleep. This is going to suck. And then you get into that negative spiral where you're just sitting in bed and you're like, I'm not going to get enough sleep. Tomorrow's going to be absolutely horrible. I really need to get to sleep now. And then you don't. <laughs> oh, no, I can't get to sleep. Oh, but I need to yeah. get to sleep. <laughs> it's like the anxiety of not getting enough sleep is keeping you awake and just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. For sure. And then when you finally like clear that out of your head, that's when you get like all those anxieties of like, that thing you did like 10 years ago where you said, Oh yeah. The cringe moments. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Oh God damn. Oh God. I call my teacher, my mom. Jesus Christ. That thing that I did five years ago. Oh my gosh. Everyone knows. Like, have you guys ever just like, in like high school or primary school, your mind just went complete A, A, Y. And you just like accidentally call your teacher, your mom is like the most embarrassing (laughs) thing in your life. Yep. Everyone laughs at you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they still They're still do. laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I think, yeah, if there's one thing that I'm trying to get out of lockdown um, for my sort of personal life is just making sure I'm getting like a good sleep. And then I reckon if I can get like a good sleep, good schedule coming out of this, then once we're, once we're out of lockdown, back into normal life, I'm just going to be, just going to be killing, you know? It's going to be absolutely acing life. Hell yeah. That's what I tell myself. I can only hope. Just make yourself feel a little better. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, hope is all we have, right? <laughs> oh, it's got really dark. Yep. And yeah. on that note, thank you listeners for listening to our podcast episode two. Uh, tune in to episode three in a fortnight, where hopefully we'll have some cool stories about us coming out of lockdown and resuming normal life. Thanks very much. See you next episode.